Welcome everyone to the Ohaver Torah Magen Abraham Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is of course Daf Pe Bet. We will begin on Daf Pe Aleph Amu Bet at the. We're up to the seventh already. Okay, we're at the words. Did we do going to the best and behind the fence? No. Yeah, we did. Yeah? Okay. Well, let's start from there anyway. Which is about eight lines into the wide lines, on, on the medium lines, on the Aleph Amunaf. Says Gemara. The eighth condition was you could you could uh, go to the bathroom behind someone's fence. Even in a field that's full of karkom, karkom is um, a very very valuable spice. And even though it's a valuable spice, you're allowed to go into the guy's field in order to go to the bathroom. The reason why we needed to explain this is because not only are you allowed to go into the guy's field to go to the bathroom, you're even allowed to take as toilet paper, no, you're allowed to take a, a rock from the guy's fence, from the guy's stone fence, you're allowed to take one off. Even though it's the guy, part of the guy's fence, you're allowed to do it. Amar Chista, Afilu B'Shabbat, even on Shabbat, where a stone would be mukseh. Is a heter to use a stone because of kavora briut? The fact that a person is kavora briut, that kavora briut will override muksa. The rabbis built into the laws of muksa a special heter for kavora briut. Okay, morzutra chasida shakil mahader paralam shamei zir shilke. Morzutra was a chasid. And he, whenever he would go to the bathroom in someone's field and use the rock from the wall as toilet paper, he would put it back where it was in the wall. And then he would tell his shamosh to cement it back in in order that the guy's wall doesn't lose anything from it. Even though he's technically allowed to take it, he would put it back and cement it in. Now, we're gonna, by the way, we're going to see soon that this business of Mozutra putting it back could be dangerous because we're going to soon see later that when Yeshua makes a rule we're all supposed to follow the rule we're not supposed to be strict and try to say well I'm going to uh, be more strict and not take anyone's property because they know you're not supposed to do that you're causing in trouble we'll soon see, soon see later on we said another one, you're allowed to walk through a guy's field when after he chopped the wheat, you're allowed to walk through the field to take a shortcut. Until you have the second reins. Even if the dew made it hard, for you, made the, the walk through the field a trouble, you're still allowed to walk through the field until the second reins. Then we said, You're allowed to walk on the field's borders because of the, the what they call them, the, 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 look at what these are, but they're called the pegs of the road. Now, pegs of the road could either mean little lakes that have appeared in the road, 
or it could mean dried up, dried up areas that made it hard to travel through the road. And because of that, you're allowed to walk through the borders of someone's field as opposed to walking in the middle of the road. Now we have a fame. Here's a story. Shmuel of Yehuda have a shakli va'azibur. Shmuel and Yehuda were walking along the road. However, select Shmuel is today's agreement. Shmuel walked on the sides. Now, what's interesting about the story is that Shmuel and Yehuda are not Israel Amoraim; they're Bavel Amoraim. And Yeshua Benun, who made his ten things, presumably was only in Israel, and yet Shmuel is using the heter here in Bavel. Amalei Yehuda. Were the conditions that Yeshua made, we assume that that was only for the giving out Edsel, which he was the one giving out to the even work in Babylonia. Amalei told him back, I say, not only that, it should be even in Chutzlaretz, and definitely with Shirin Mutan and Babel, where there's a lot of people walking back and forth, and therefore should be Mutan. So Rebbe, who's the last Amora, with his Talmud Rebchia, were walking along the road. And because there were pegs in the road, they they went to the side of the people's field and they're walking along people's field. A rabbi called Yehuda ben Knusa was walking in front of them and he was jumping from one peg to the other, which means he's exerting himself to avoid using the heter. Now understand that Rebbe lived in Eretz Yisrael, so there's certainly no question that the heter applies. No, no. So Rebbe, the great Amorat, the great Tanah, told Rebbe, who is this guy who's showing off in front of us how big of a chassid he is? When a person decides to do a chumrah on himself, he has to be careful that he's not showing off. And here you have a guy doing something in front of the rabbis, and he thinks he's greater than the rabbis. It could be he answered that this could be Rehuda ben Knusa. He's, he's my student. And all the things he do are L'shem Shemaim. And he's not doing it to show off. When they reached him, they saw that it was him. So he told him, If it was Yehuda ben Knusa, I would have cut up your calves with a iron what? Iron club which means which means if your person tries to show off they put usually we had this earlier with the guy with the story of the guy who was wearing the leather the, the black shoes to mourn the Betamikdash. If you think you're doing something to show off yes if a person does not know where he's going in between the vineyards, he's allowed to cut the shoots and go down out of the vineyard or cut the shoots or rip out the shoots 
or cut his roots, and go up out of the out of the vineyard. Sometimes a guy could get lost in the maze of vines and not know how to get out. You're allowed to rip up a guy's stuff if you're lost in his vineyard. Is that what it's saying over there? Okay, If a brighter that says, you see a friend who is lost in between the vineyard, if I say you're allowed to cut up to get him out. Until you get him to the city or to a road. Also, the guy himself, if he's lost, why do we have to tell you in this brighta that the guy himself could do it? What's the point of that? Obviously, if you get a man, why not? Says no. Mao the tema I would have thunk. The only time you're allowed to rip up stuff is when you know where you're going. The friend who's on the road and sees a lost friend and knows I have to rip up just these things, he could rip. But the guy who doesn't know where he's going, maybe he's not allowed to rip. Right? Maybe he shouldn't do it. Maybe we... Maybe he'll have to actually walk around the... Walk around, not have to, be, not be able to walk through. Kamash Rolanda, no, even he is allowed to rip, even though he doesn't know where he's going, he's allowed to rip up the stuff. Ask the Gemara. Why do I need Yoshua to make a condition to allow this to happen? It's from the Torah that you're allowed to do this. You're allowed to rip the guy's stuff. Why? Because it's Daniel went to the Brighta. Hashavat The pasuk says, if you see, the halacha is that if I find Mike's wallet lost, I have an obligation to stop my day and give Mike's wallet back to him. Mike's wallet, Mike's cow, anything Mike loses, even though Mike's a shlemazel and keeps losing all his stuff. He can't go, doesn't know, doesn't know where all the stuff is. Every time he loses something, I have an obligation to return it to him. Frek the Gemara, how do we know that if Mike calls me up and he says, guess what, I'm lost. I don't know where I am, how do I get to Farakway? How do we know that I have to help him? The Torah doesn't mention that. He mentions I have to return Mike's lost wallet and lost basketball. But how do I know I have to return Mike himself? Says the Gemara, you should return him. So it sounds like you have to return him also. So it's the Oraita. Who's going to destroy someone's field to return him? Go out, go out of the way and go extra around the block and uh, figure it out. Well, the same way you require me to lose my time. But lose your time in getting him out. Don't break my field. Who are you to break my field? Well, time is money. Who cares? It doesn't matter. When you have to return someone back, you have to do whatever it takes. Why should I lose that on my field? That's the answer. If you go from the sides. So Kishu came and he said he could rip up. Correct. Thank you. Says the Gemara. Umet mitzvah konem mekomo. Umet mitzvah gets its spot. Right? Is that buried in the spot? 
If you find a dead body lying in a shutter beam, you have to put it to the side of this, or to the right or the left. If one side is a, is a plowed field, the other side is a, is a, a one is a, a boar, which is an unplowed field. One is a near, which is a plowed field. You should put if you have to put him, you put him on the unplowed field. Because why should the guy who lost at the plowed field lose it? If you have one field that's that's plowed, and the other one is plowed and planted, and then you put it in the plowed field, not the planted field. If they're both unplanted or both near or both planted, but you put it on either side. But you see that you move it, and you told us. That every why are you moving it all? You should play, bury it right there in Shutter Beam. I thought you said that a mit mitzvah is konem bekamol. Says the Mamer Bibi, We're talking about one that's blocking the entire road. And if you don't move it, we're worried that maybe uh, a kohen will go over it. And since you're allowed to move because it's covering the whole road, therefore you can move it to any side you want. Ah. Amri, we said, Asada, you think Yeshua only had 10? Hani Chatzar, if you count it, there's 11. And it's like, no. Malchim Yeshua, this day you're allowed to walk through someone's field after uh, he harvested till the next rain, till the second rains. Shilomo Amra, that's actually Shilomo HaMelech, not Yeshua Benun. So it's, Shilomo HaMelech is about a couple of centuries, but before five centuries after Yeshua Benun. How do we know? When the fruits are gone from the field, if a guy has no fruits in the field and he doesn't let anyone walk to his field, what do the people say about him? They say, what benefit does so-and-so have by keeping people out of his field? And how would people hurt him by walking through his field? And on a guy like this, if you could be good, don't be called bad. That's what the Basuk says about a guy like this. You're not letting people walk to your property and you don't have anything in the field. There is no Pasuk like that. What are you talking about? Now this is mentioned a few times in the Torah. Yes, it actually is said in the Pasuk. Not in those very words, but in a similar version. It says, Don't hold back good from its owner, when you are able to do. So if you're able to do good, you should do it. If it doesn't cost you anything, you should let people walk through your field, and so too many other things. Things that don't cost you, you should be a giving person to give it to others. Says the Gemara Is there nothing else? I have another thing. The Rabbi Huda, the thing of Rabbi Huda, you said there's no other things of Yeshua Benun. What about Rabbi Huda? The time Huda, man. At a time when people are taking out the fertilizer of their animals to leave it in the street because people need it to be, to be like, people need the fertilizer to be stepped on in order for it to become usable. You don't want to put straight fertilizer in the field, you want to have it stepped on. So at the time when people put their fertilizer out to people to step on, Adam was his old you're allowed to bring his stuff to Shudamim. You're allowed to leave it there for 30 days. So people should step on it. And animals should step on it. 
because because of this, Yeshua gave out and said that was one of the conditions, and therefore you see there's an eleventh condition. V'ha'ikah is another one. Dami Rishmael ben Oshem Yochanan and Broker. The Tanya Rishmael ben Oshem Yochanan and Amen. Tanai betin who? There's a Tanai betin. She is there. Yorei l'toch sedesh chaviro v'kotzet shoko shel chaviro k'de l'atzil nichol. If he needs to save his beehive, is that correct? If he needs to save his beehive, he's allowed to rip a stick off his friend's tree. What? Right, and he has to pay him for the stick. Tonight, bet him who she says she'll pay it. You know, Matzil to Boshoshik to know. Tell the man, you know, but talk to Boshoshik of it all. If you see a guy who has a barrel of honey, which is more expensive than wine, and you have a barrel of wine, you're allowed to pour your wine out to save his honey, and you get paid for the, for the value of your wine from the price of the honey. That's another type of thing. Although the guy could say, What do you mean? I never told you to do it. Right, but it's the thing that you have to that, that when you do it, you get paid for it. Right? Another case, similar thing is if you see a guy, if you're walking with wood and you see a guy with a dead donkey with flax more expensive, you could leave your wood on the street and you could get the money back for your wood from the from the guy's flax. And he says that that's what you, that's part of the condition that Yeshua gave it to land. So you told me there's only 10. Here's number 12. No, 11 and 12. The other one was Shlomo Amelech. The first one was Shlomo Amelech. The reason why we said 10 is we're talking about things that all rabbis agree Yeshua said. These last two things were things that one rabbi claimed was part of Yeshua Benun's. But the other rabbis didn't say it, so we didn't mention it in the, in the tent. Says the Gemara, we're on the top of Pebet Amuralf, which is today's daf, and it's already yeah. okay. Vaha kiat rabbin when rabbin came, Amar Yochan echad ilanu notel toch sechaviro vechad ilanu besamuk lemetzad bevivikore shalmarkin inichil Yeshua del tzeil. When it comes to bikurim, if you have a a, a tree. That part of it is in your friend's field, or part of it is is pulling from your friend's field. You still allowed to bring it as bikurim because Yeshua Benun had that included. That's another fourteen thing. The rabbi who said it's ten only is Yeshua Ben Levi. So that's why it's an amora, which means we thought. That that was a brighter, but really it was Rabbi Shur ben Levi. Shur ben Levi is an Amora quoting this thing. The fact that he's an Amora, Rabbi Yochanan is allowed to disagree with him, and therefore this last thing about bringing Bikurim was Rabbi Yochanan. He's arguing with Shur ben Levi, and he's saying there's eleven. Rabbi Gibran says he has a bright straight out. They say straight out that this bright that was quoted by Shubh and Levi, and therefore the other rabbis say there's more than ten. Ah, now once we talked about the ten things of Shubh and Levi, it's high time to talk about the ten things that Ezra Sofer also put in. Now, understand Rabbi Shubh, 
the ones that Yeshua ben Nun in history is way, way before Ezra Sofer. Yeshua ben Nun brought the Jews to Eretz Israel the first time when Moshe Rabbeinu died. Ezra Sofer was the one who brought the Jews back to Israel when they were exiled from the Ruchanetzar. So, to build the second Beit HaMikdash, Ezra and Nehemiah came back with the Jews from Babel, and they also redid Eretzel. And they also had an opportunity to make ten separate... Yes. And we stayed there for 70 years. The miracle of Purim happened. And a couple, about a decade, decade and a half after the miracle of Purim, the Jews started going back to Eretzel and building the second Beit HaMikdash. That was done by Ezra Sofer. When he came back, he made ten new takanot. Okay? And what are they? Number one. Shukurim and Menchah Shabbat. Number one, that we read the Sefer Torah on Menchah on Shabbat. Number two, Kurim B'Shrim HaMashi, that we read the Sefer Torah Monday and Thursday. Number four, that's two. Number three, Danin B'Yom Shini B'Yom Shini And we have a judge, Betin, in session on Monday and Thursday. Number four, that we do laundries on Friday, on Thursdays. B'Yom Chamashi B'Shabbat. Number five, everyone should eat garlic on, on Fridays. Number six, that a woman, she, woman, she, woman should get up early to bake. Number seven, a woman should wear undergarments. Yes, that's like little pants under the skirts. Okay? I mean, it means underwear. Number eight, that a woman will take a shower before she goes to the mikvah. Number vitovel that she goes to the mikvah. Number nine, that you have peddlers are allowed to go through the cities and no one could stop them from coming to sell women's stuff. Number ten, that people who see Zera should go to the mikveh afterwards. Now we're going to go through each one and clarify. Shabbat. What is this that you read on Mincha on Shabbat? The Torah. Why do we do that? Because there are some people who live in and do business the whole time. They don't come to hear the Torah on Monday and Thursday, and therefore we wanted to hear the Torah on Mincha Shabbat. Now, what do you gain by getting it on Friday and Shabbat afternoon? They already heard in the morning. He want, according to some, they want to gather together again to hear Torah. Okay, let's keep going. Meaning, a second gathering to get to Torah is a good for them until they come back. Now, why do we read the Torah on Monday and Thursday? Is that again? What do you mean? That was the original Takana. The time you everybody. It says in Shemot that they went three days in the Midbar and they didn't find water. And 
the rabbis who explained, and Mayim El Torah, really that was Torah. They didn't find water, means they didn't find Torah. The Buddhist says that anyone thirsty go to water, it's referring to Kim, referring to Torah. And Kim, since they went three days without Torah, they were, they were tired. He made a rule that they read the Torah on Shabbat, they stop on Sunday. They made a rule that you stop uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, start again on Thursday, stop on Friday, start again on Shabbat, in order not to go three days without hearing, without Torah. So why are you saying it's Azaz affairs from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu? In the beginning, the original one was one Ole and three Pesukim. Inami, or it was maybe three guys and one and, and three pesukim all together. He made the rule that it's three guys and ten pesukim minimum. And why ten pesukim? To keep in mind that it is always supposed to be ten kolel guys in every town. That's why it's always minimum ten pesukim red to keep that in mind. He also has a rule vidinim. He has a rule to make judges Why does she? Since people, that why did he make the Betim go on Monday and Thursday? Because since he made the rule that people have to come in anyway for Torah reading, so a lot of people come to town on Mondays and Thursdays, and therefore it's a good day to make the Betim to be in session. Why the fifth and fourth one was they have to wash laundry on, on, on Thursdays? Because of Kavot Shabbat, this way, they, they want to normally do a laundry day on Sunday, you want a laundry day on, on, on Thursday, so they have. Good. Okay, why do they eat eat uh, garlic on Fridays? Mishum ona, because they have to have relations with their wife. Dechtiv, Hashem Biyoni Temidot says that they give their fruit in the right time. The pasuk Tehilim, Rambam says, "Vitem Abirachman, Vitem Abirkana, Vitema." The person who has relations every Friday night, it's a very good thing that you have. You do it at the right times, and therefore you should have you have. Um, garlic on Friday because it causes you to have more zera. Tanah Brahm, we have a bright that says, There's five things good about eating garlic. Masbiya, it makes you full. Mashkin, it makes your body happy. Matziya Banim, it makes your face red. And Umarbe Zera makes you have a lot of zera. Behoreget Kinim, it kills the bugs in the intestines. Yes, Umim, some say, Machnis Ava, it gives love to a person. Umotzit Kinan takes a person. Makes a person not jealous. We're going to stop over here at Vishtia Isham Ramen. Okay, we continue. We need Mr. Fred Rudy to put these two together. Okay? The fact that a woman could get up early and bake, in order that there should be bread available early in the morning to give to Aniyim who are begging. I, told, I should tell my wife that she wakes up early to bake. <laughs> what? This is every single day? Every day, yeah, every day. Rosh says every day. A woman should wear uh, breeches or underwear. That's because just in case... Uh, uh, I guess the skirts move this way. She's got something. She's wearing something. Every single, every 
and a woman has to uh, wash her hair before Tevilah. What do you mean? That's the Oraita. That she has to wash her hair. The time we learned, but the Hazet, the Pasuk says before she goes by Mitzorah, that you have to wash his body in water. Why is that? Because there can't be anything separating you and the water. Et besaro, the word et. It could have said berachat besaro b'alayim. Why et besaro? Et besaro. Et tavel besaro is referring to what's ancillary to your body, which is which is the hair. Mind you, sad. So you see, it's midoraita. It's an oraita law. Welcome, Mister Anber. Okay. Omni, we said no. The oraita liyuni. When it's midoraita, that's for looking at your hair. About Dilma Miktale, because maybe one of them was stuck or snagged. Inami Mausmidi, or maybe something yuck in it. But midoraita, all you need to do is look at your hair. You don't need to wash your hair before the mikvah. And you made the rule that a woman's not enough for her to examine her hair. She now has to upgrade and actually wash it. Even if she doesn't see anything wrong, she's obligated to wash her hair beforehand. That the peddlers have to go in the cities. Why? This is for women's cosmetics. In order that women should have cosmetics and they shouldn't look bad in the eyes of their husbands. That's a takana number nine of Islam Sofer. The fact that Islam made a tibila dipping for people who had zera come out you have to do it. So why are you making this only to and it's only Islam Sofer? No, it's not. It's Medoraita. Says the Gemara, no. That's only if you want to eat shuma or kochim. He made a rule, and even if you just want to learn, you need to go to the mikvah called Tevilat Aizla, which many people do even nowadays. Sure. Ten things were said about the holy city of Jerusalem. Number one. Which means that normally, if you have a walled city in Israel, there's a rule in a walled city. That, well, let's let's start first with a uh, couple of quick rules. Number one, when you sell property in Israel, it's not a sale; it's a 49-year lease, max, max. It could sometimes be a 15-year lease or or one-year lease, depending on how many years. Nobody can own anything in Israel longer than 50 years. No. Everyone can. You're, the family that got it from Yeshua Benun owns it forever. And the family that buys it, no one can buy a field for more than 49 years. The buyer of a field, anyone who buys someone's field, you only buy it for the amount of years that are left to your bill. So it's really, in, in essence, you're... This year, the value is much less because they know next year it's going back to them. Yeah, you can't borrow much on it. Property now, can never really trade hands, is what you're saying. It's always going to go back to the original. Correct. Now, that's true in a regular field. However, in a walled city, it's the opposite. In the walled city, the owner has one year to buy back. And if he doesn't buy it back in one year, it's sold forever. Okay, that's a halakha in a walled city. However, the exception to that rule is what we're saying now is Yushalayim. Yushalayim, it's never sold forever. It goes back like a field. Okay, that's number one. Number two, 
if we find a dead body close to Yerushalayim, it doesn't bring a glaur fire. You don't have to bring a, a, a calf and chop the head off like the normal normal routine. Doesn't work for Yerushalayim. Number three, if we find a majority of a city that serves idols, we burn the whole city down and we kill all the people that served idols. All, all the idol worshippers, not everyone in the city, but all the idol worshippers, we kill them all with a different mitah than you normally give an idol worshipper. Normally, the idol worshipper gets skila. Uh, people in Iridachat get headache. However, the people of Iridachat lose their property, gets burnt. The people in a no, normally people who kill by don't lose their property. Iridachat never happens in Yushalayim. Okay? They don't get tamer with negaim. A house in Shalim never gets tamer if it gets salat. We can't have um, you can't have beams sticking out of the house in Yerushalayim, and you also can't have porches sticking out of houses in Yerushalayim. Okay. How are they building nowadays with porches and all these things? It's a question. I don't know the answer. It's a good question. Does anyone own an apartment in Yerushalayim today? Well, that they don't have anymore, but you, you, this should, that you don't have because we don't, they don't have the avail anymore. But here, it's a good question. You can't make a garbage dump. You can't make um, fires to burn um, lime. And you, you can't make gardens and uh, orchards, which is needed for which was from the days of the original Nevi'im. You can't raise chickens in Yerushalayim. You can't leave a dead body overnight in Yerushalayim. That we still do. Yes. Now let's go through one by one. You can't sell a bite forever there. Why not? Because it says, says, when you sell a, city, a, some, a house in the walled cities, it says that this house, the guy who buys it, could keep it forever. It doesn't go away. Since Yerushalayim wasn't given to the Shvatim, therefore, therefore, it's not given it's all, it belongs to all the Jews, and therefore, no one could buy it from him. It says, when you find a dead body on the land that Hashem gave you to inherit, and Yerushalayim is not given to inherit, it's given to all the Shabbatim. It says, when you find in one of your cities, Shalim is not one of your cities. Shalim wasn't given to the Shalatim. And the Shalatim can't get Tamer with Negaim with Tzadat. Tehtiv, Tati Negat Tzadat bebet Ez Achuzat Chem. I will give a Negat Tzadat in the land of your of your Achuzah, the end of your holdings. Shalim lo netran lo Shalim. And like we said, Shalim wasn't given to Shalim. Therefore, the word Achuzat Chem comes to preclude you to Shalim from getting Tzadat. Why can't you have a a beam or a balcony? So there's two reasons brought. One, one because we're worried about tuma. If this is the reason, we don't understand why nowadays it might not be a problem. Because nowadays we're all time so it could be not. But although you should really worry that Mashiach should come, you have to move it out of the way. I don't know. 
And the other one, we should look at the Tazi, the people that go up to Yushalayim shouldn't get knocked, shouldn't have to knock into it these things that are sticking out of your houses. It could be, according to this, since our beams are higher up, and we're not worried about too much, our porches are higher up, and we're not worried about too much, maybe that's why it's okay. Maybe because it doesn't stick out of the shoulder beam, maybe that's why it's okay. What is considered Yishalayim? Well, well, when it comes to um, when it comes to Megillah, you read, you do it on the second day. Uh, Yishalayim is the entire thing. I don't know what the law, what this law is going to be for. You understand? Next, you can't make. You can't have a garbage dump. Because when you have a garbage dump, you have rodents, and rodents bring tuma. We don't want tuma in Yishalayim. You can't have a, a, a kifshan, a furnace to burn uh, lime and other things. Why? Because the, the smoke that comes out blackens the walls and makes Yerushalayim look black. We want it to look nice. And so we can't make gardens and orchards. Because there's a bad smell with the grasses that grow there, and therefore we don't want the bad smell in Yerushalayim. We can't have chickens there. Why not? Because they tend to touch dead bodies and go and touch um, sacrifice and cause the trouble. And the matter why can't you leave dead bodies there? That is a tradition and we do not know why we do not leave it. Okay. We said in the Mishnah that you can't raise pigs anywhere we learned in the because when there was a fight among the Chashmonim, I'll explain to you what's going on over here. There was the Chashmonim, Yudah Maccabi, took over from the Greeks. He died in, in battle, and so did most of his brothers. His youngest brother took over, was a king, became a king, King Chashmonim. By the time his great-grandsons were around, the great-grandson of Yudah Maccabi's brother, the the Maccabees were no longer, the Jews were very religious, but the kings, the test of riches had got to them, and they stopped being as religious. And one brother, I think he said, Aristobulus, was fighting against Yochanan and Horkernes. Think if I'm not mistaken, those are the two guys who are fighting. And there was actually a siege, one or the other. One was outside Yushalayim. Oh, here it is. Hayah Horkernes, Aristobulus was outside. Okay? And... Aristobulus was siege to the city. Every day, Horkinus would and his armies would lower down a basket. Dinanim, they would send uh, a basket full of silver coins. They would send them two lambs up for the korban tamid. So they had an agreement between them that even though they're fighting, they're going to keep the Beit Hamikdash going by having a system to bring korbanot to the Beit Hamikdash. There was a guy who knew the Greek sign language, and he told the people outside, we're not going to win this battle as long as these guys still do the avoda. We're going to waste their time here. The next day they lowered down the basket and they set something up to Korbanot. They sent up a pig. When it got halfway up the wall, it stuck its nails into the Choma. And there was an earthquake in Eretz Yisrael 
because Hashem got angry with Chil Hashem. The two Jews are fighting and they stopped the avodah. That's when they said, "Cursed is the man who raises pigs." And a person, the man who teaches his son the Greek sign language to signal to the guy. During that time that they was that they were outside Yushalayim. This the army of Abbas also did a separate thing that they burnt all the wheat that was out to Yushalayim and they had to bring the the barley for the Korbana Omer or and the Shteyalechem, the wheat for the Shteyalechem, all the way from Bikat and Sochel, which is very, very far from Yushalayim. We're gonna stop over here at the word Khokumak Yavanit on the bottom line, Buruch Amen. I'll send mine first, you'll send you a second, okay?